Welcome to the Fee for Service podcast, Dr. Sonny Spira. Our guest tonight, Dr. Lee Schriffman, graduate of Temple University. He practices in downtown Philadelphia. He has a unique dental practice, primarily 95% servicing emergency basis patients. He's open from seven to seven, five days a week, seven to two, Saturday and Sunday. What a massive amount of work. And he has taken his practice from $900,000 in 2019 to 1.8 in 2022. So we're gonna talk about how do you triple your practice? Excuse me, how do you double your practice in three years? So stick around and enjoy. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Kettenbach. Imagine one product for every cementation protocol. It is now available. It's a hydrophilic adhesive cement and a hydrophobic core buildup material. That's right, a core buildup as long as, as well as a cement product. It's called Vesalis Semcore. Experience why dentists bond permanently with Kettenbach's all-in-one adhesive cement and core buildup called Vesalis Semcore. Call 877-532-2123 or visit kettenbach-dent.us. And Kettenbach does it the old-fashioned way. They have representatives all across the country. Check them out. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet. While others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast, Dr. Sonny Spira, and today we have a special guest. This is a 1981 graduate of Temple University School of Dentistry. He also served our country in 81 to 84 in the United States Air Force Dental Corps. And in 1984 to 92, he was an associate dentist in a private practice in the PPO. So he's been in that world. Today, from 1992 to present, he's a co-founder of the Philadelphia Dentist, Philadelphia's most convenient dentist since 1992. Open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., seven days, oh, 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., seven days a week. Easy to remember. Same-day emergency general dentistry fee for service. 2017 to present, co-founder of Unicorn Dentist, the 30-year business expert's unique imaginative coaching and speaking. Our topic today is going to be how to take your practice to the next level. This fine young man has doubled his gross income in three years from $900 to $1.8 million. Please welcome 
Dr. Lee Schriftman. Lee, how you doing, man? I am doing great. How you doing, Sonny? Fantastic. Good to see you. Good to see you. Because we record on Zoom, so I literally mean that. I Good to see you. I can see you. Everybody's <laughs> just going to get the audio version. Right. So uh, tell, give me a little bit of your background. Where are you from originally? It says dental school uh, from, from Temple, but where are you from? Where are you hail from? I'm Philadelphia, born and raised. Okay. South Philly? What? Uh, suburbs. Okay. Suburbs. All right. So uh, tell me a little bit about your family. Where, where do they come from? Uh, I married my high school sweetheart, who I met in fourth grade. And uh, we married after college, opened our own business while I was in dental school, doing electronics assembly and supported ourselves through dental school doing that. Um, so I was an early entrepreneur before I was a dentist. Um, you know, electronics assembly in yeah. the 1970s. Yeah, it was not, it was not, <laughs> it wasn't computer chips. Right. Yeah. It's all wiring things together. So like transistors and, yes. and capacitors and like yes. all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like popular science projects. And when I was a kid. Yes. That's cool. That's cool. What gave you that? What, uh, what was the impetus for that? Well, my father-in-law was, uh, was an electronics engineer. Okay. And uh, my parents were divorced, so he was, he became my surrogate father, and he taught wow. me all about electronics. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. So what were what was your, what was your upbringing? What were your parents? What was their uh, background? Sure, uh, my father uh, was a World War II disabled veteran, and I grew up with three brothers, and uh, I was the third of three brothers. So I got I was third, second in line for the hand me downs and the clothes. Got you, got you, yeah. <laughs> um, and we grew up uh, low middle class, okay. lower middle class. Uh, you know, always had to work, work side jobs and stuff like that. What was the talk around the dinner table? If you're like, you know, I find that a lot of people's, you know, their parents, especially if they were in small business, like, you know, all I talked to today's dad was a butcher growing up and, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, uh, everybody has like, I, I think it's so important to what we end up going into. What was some of the influences that your, 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 well, my dad, my dad uh, on the GI Bill, he became a chemist. No so kidding. He worked for a lot of the drug companies, a lot of the okay. different drug companies. So he was talking about, you know, like new new drugs that are being researched and new things coming out, and you know. So uh, high tech, essentially, yeah, for that time, high right? Tech, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. And and what what impact? What did your brothers do? What they go into? Uh, everybody became self-employed eventually. Uh, my my oldest brother was a computer expert, and uh, he owned several businesses. And my other two brothers, uh, one one was in insurance. He just recently retired and decided to move from Philadelphia to Wyoming. And okay. uh, he's a cow he's a cowboy, an amateur cowboy. Now. He's a cowboy. He's <laughs> yeah. on the Yellowstone, baby. Yes, yeah. And my other brother is also a computer expert, 
and uh, he services a lot of the medical uh, offices uh, with with uh, maintaining their software. But you went into professional. You're the first professional in your family. Yes. Yeah. Pretty big distinction, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a proud moment for any mom or dad when that happens. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember my sister was the first one in the family ever to graduate college, and that was a huge, huge event. And it took her a bit to get there, but and then when I went to dental school, I mean, Italian family. My dad was an IBMer, had high school some technical training. About it, my mom was a high school dropout. She got her GED, so it was it was a big deal in our family. So I can I can understand that. Yeah, it's neat. It's neat, but it, it's just funny how I, I just so often where where the where the uh, inspiration. Where was your inspiration to go to dental school? Where'd that come from? That again, that was my uh, father-in-law. My really? father-in-law became my surrogate father because my my dad. Uh, was sick and he had to move to uh, to uh, Palm Springs, California, uh, in the desert there to uh, be in the good climate instead of the bad winters. And so he wasn't like over my shoulder as I became a young adult. Uh, but fortunately, my father-in-law had two daughters, so I filled the need for him, and he filled the need for me. There he was you my go. surrogate father. I was go. his surrogate son. Get a little testosterone in that house. Get rid of some of the yesterday. Huh? All right. <laughs> the Doc Sites provides affordable and effective websites for dentists with no long-term contracts, transparent pricing, and great customer service, starting at only $59 a month. They also provide optional online marketing packages to help increase your online visibility. For special offers, including up to 25% off your website setup, text Fee for service to 818-489-9823. 818-489-9823. This is a limited time offer, so text now and lock in your savings and visit Doc Sites for more information. So that so about what age was that? What age was the uh, light bulb for you? About about eighteen to twenty. Okay. Yeah. So right about your senior year in high school or, or for yeah, early Yeah, college? starting senior year of high school, freshman, sophomore year in college, yes. Now, any dentist have any impact on you? Like, was your dentist, was there any significant influence in your life from them? No, not really. It wasn't a dentist. It was, I, I actually wanted to become originally an electronics engineer because I, I saw yeah. him as a role model and he said, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> he says, you need to be a professional. He says, you, you got the talent, you can be a professional. And wow. uh, he did hook me up with some of some friends that he had that that happened to be electronics engineers and dentists. I don't know how that. Wow, that that's got to be a small circle. Yes. <laughs> but he hooked me up with a few people and, they, and I talked to them as, as role models also. It's fantastic. So, so you you get to what college did you go to? I went to Temple also to for, uh, undergrad also. So I spent oh, eight years at Temple. Temple Owl. All right. So Temple Owl. Yep. All right. Mark Macon's co- country. All right. Um, yep. So you was it a direct you know four four or three four program or did you just go to undergrad and then apply to to co- the dental school just like everybody else? Just like everybody else. 
So, okay, so no program to, to kind of grease the no, skin. No, no. No, I had a, a good friend, a high school friend that went to the three-year program and then into dental school after gotcha. the third year of college. But, no, I, I probably would have done that if I had known it existed, but <laughs> too late. Too late. So you go to dental school now, so I'm mm -hmm. guessing in 77. Yes. And what's the climate like, right? The, 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 you're just, just past the, the Vietnam War and, and you know, mm -hmm. and, and when you're in college. Was there any thought of if I don't go to dental school, I might be, you know, signing up? I mean – was that at all in the, on the landscape for you? That wasn't that wasn't for me. My two older brothers were in that situation. Gotcha. I think I was already past. Yeah, well, seventy seven. I was already getting past that point. But uh, um, I I think that uh, you know that it was a good choice. I, I, it was a good choice, but it also when I started dental school, my first test I I failed. <laughs> because I was used to being the honor student in every class. Right. So I thought I didn't have to study too hard to be the honor student, but then I got to dental school and everybody was the honor student. Mm -hmm. And my first test, I you know barely studied for, and I said, oh my God, I don't know histology at all. And the questions seemed like they were all in Latin. Yeah. But after that first test, I, w I became an A student in dental school, too. I just realized I had to spend a little bit more than uh, study for 20 minutes the night before. That that wasn't going to do the trick anymore. Yeah, game on. All right. So it says that you went into um, the Air Force. Now, mm -hmm. were you when you were in dental school, were you part of the dental school um, ROTC or dental school? Uh, the military in dental school or no? No, no, I wasn't. I didn't find out until after I was halfway into dental school that that was okay. an opportunity. That was too late already at that, that point. So, no, I didn't take advantage of that. So you had this electronics company that helped pay for college. Did it help pay for dental school too? Yes. Well, it, it helped pay living expenses, but I had to take out loans for dental school. Uh-huh. Now, give some of our listeners an idea of what loans were like in 19. <laughs> I think I had total, yeah, total loans of about $30,000. Right, but uh, wasn't inflation years. through the roof like in the late 70s, early 80s? Yes. Wasn't that like Carter's and, and inflation and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it was going up every, every year, but it wasn't anything even – it wasn't a tenth of what, what right. people are looking at now. Yeah, I hear you. So – so you finished dental school. Were you in dental school? Did you have any thoughts of any specializations? I, I liked everything. And then uh, one of my friends introduced me to the Air Force recruiter in, in the senior year or end of junior year, beginning of senior year. And uh, I was very impressed with the whole program. They had a pro Well, they still have a program, but they had a program where you join up for three years the first year would be a, a general practice residency. Yep. But it was an, a, a on steroids general practice residency because the plan was that they were going to send the graduates to a base that did not have specialists. And the graduate would be the, quote, okay. specialist. Yeah. Uh, 
which was, you know, very beneficial to my whole career because I don't think I would be doing impacted wisdom teeth. I don't think I would be doing retreatment of molar endo or, or perio surgery or any of those or implants uh, if I hadn't had that, ex that experience to give me the confidence. So, then, so you, did, you did that your first year, but then you right. have two more, two more years, right? Two more years, yeah. They, they sent me to a base actually uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, in Dallas, Fort Worth area. And uh, I wound up running the oral surgery clinic. Okay. Since they didn't have an oral surgeon there, I was the oral surgeon. And, you know, I, I had to uh, apply my knowledge and get the experience of taking out thousands of wisdom teeth. Everybody that age was getting their wisdom teeth out. Right, yeah, that's that's the perfect, like, that's the young recruits, <laughs> you know, the 18 to 20-somethings, right? I mean, Exactly. And, yeah. And, and 99% of them were getting their wisdom teeth out because they didn't want to send the, it somewhere. That's probably the busiest part of the dental practice in, on a base like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Huh, cool. So you did that one year or two? Two years. So two years in oral surgery. So you might as well just be an oral surgeon for pizza. <laughs> Some days I think I am an oral <laughs> So So you finish up in 84, right? Now... Yeah. You're looking for, are you married at this point? Yes. Okay. Any children? Already had two children and one on the way. So you got two kids, one on the way. It's 84. Were you making a decent living at this time, or was it pretty much they just covered your expenses? Uh, covered the expenses. Covered yeah, so the you're, expenses. you're still 30 in the hole, right? Yeah. And you're, you're not, you're, your head's just barely above water and mm -hmm. you have a wife a family family getting bigger now what's your next move i started working uh associate jobs and within about six months i found a long-term associate job where i was told eventually quotes eventually i could become a partner right how many docs were in the practice when you when you joined uh, including the owner and myself, there were four doctors. So four doctors. So you you were the Is youngest that, guy in then? I was the youngest guy in there. And did they tell the other guys the same promise? Uh, probably, as, as far as I know, yes. Because you were there for, what, eight years, right? I was there for eight years. That's correct. Now, did they also put you in charge of sort of the oral surgery part of the, the, the practice, or what happened? How did that? Yeah, I did all the specialty work. The, the owner uh, did hygiene checks, fillings, and single crowns, and then I did pretty much everything else. Eventually, the two other dentists moved on to their own practice, and every year I would get together with the owner We'd go out to, to lunch, and I'd say, well, you know, I've been here two years. I've been here three years. I've been here four years. When are we going to get things together? And his his response always was, I'm going to talk to my accountant. And when I would follow up with him, he would say, he's getting the figures together. For eight years, he was getting the figures together. It was a bitch to put those figures together, just so you know. <laughs> just in case you didn't notice that, it was really hard. Those numbers don't add themselves. <laughs> Holy so, God. It's a typical story. 
And at every family gathering, my oldest brother would ask me, right. what's going on with the partnership? And I would say, they're getting the figures together. And after eight years, my oldest brother said, they're, they're never going to have those figures together for you. It's time for you to go on your own. You're doing all the work in the business, all the specialty work, and he's, he's reaping all the rewards of it. So that and, was really your push then? That was the yeah. impetus to get out? Yeah, and it was a, a PPO-type practice that I was in. But God bless your brother, man, for speaking up. Yeah, he was right. Now, what did you see? Let's talk about the PPO aspect because you're you're immersed in it. You're you're there yes. every day. What what did you learn about that style of practice? Uh, it, it, one of the good things about it is you had to you had to see a lot of patients uh, and keep on moving, and uh, multiple patients at the same time, hygiene checks, um, uh, and also. You know, I did. I had to. I had to proofread my, all my bookkeeping because they kept on making quote mistakes in, in my collections. So eventually, they said I could proofread the books every day. So I I spent several hours a week doing doing my bookkeeping to know how much I was making. And there was a discrepancy between what you're making and what you're getting paid, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And there was a big dis discrepancy in what I was producing because it was a PPO practice, what I was producing. Sometimes I was producing, uh, collecting on PPO insurances less than 50% of what the normal fee was. Mm -hmm. So that was starting to educate me, and maybe that wasn't, the way, the, the way I wanted to head. Was there anything else that you picked up? How about like the computer or the website, the market, anything else that really helped accelerate you when you got your own practice? Uh, yeah, I, I felt that I could manage. I was, I was teaching the assistants. I was like, at, at no salary, I was teaching the assistants how to assist and how to use the different materials. Uh, and he would get new assistants, and I'd be the one teaching them everything. So I was basically the the prime dentist eventually in the practice, uh, but not not reaping the financial rewards. Well, you were doing training. You were doing some, you know, in service and such. So, mm -hmm. so your brother makes a point. Now you decide you're going to leave. What did you do? Did you tell him you're leaving first, or did you find something else before you told him? I. Well, it's interesting because he didn't like how, how it turned out. It's kind of like the the couple well, that never are, do. yeah, the couple that are dating, and the girl keeps on saying, "When am I getting the ring? When am I getting the ring?" And it's just, next year I'm saving up money. Next year I'm saving up money. I gotta in check my, the books. Yeah, check the books. In my case, I found a place four blocks away. We had no contract. I wanted a contract, but he didn't want to make any kind of commitment, even. A commitment of a contract when I first started working with him. You didn't so want to spend any money on a lawyer for Pete's right. sake. Which it would have been good money spent yeah, by him. Yeah, nickel dime. Yeah. Penny wise, pound foolish. Yeah. yeah. So I I I notified him that, you know, on a Friday, on Monday, I'm opening my office down the street. And you know, I I I thought he's gonna think I'm very ethical. I'm not gonna 
approach any patients that I didn't treat. Of course, I treated 90% of the patients in the practice, but I, I said, any patient that was only seeing you, they're off base for me. If they find out about me, they, they can come to me, but I'm not going to contact them. But I contacted everybody else that I had their phone numbers and their information, their addresses. And uh, I, I went in on a Friday, said, I'm leaving on Monday. He locked me out of the practice. He said, you can go home today. And they changed the locks on the door. <laughs> and that was it. Um, and then, and then uh, I started my new practice. And about two weeks later, I got a notice from an attorney or a subpoena or whatever you call it, a, 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 that they're going to get a restraining order against me that I'm not allowed to practice dentistry four blocks away from his office. So mm -hmm. I went through a whole court, court case. Of course, he had no case, but I had to wind up spending some money on an attorney so that I could treat the patients that had been seeing me for years. So did you set up a, a, a startup in 1992? Yes. So you just took some, rented some space and said, I'm going to hang my shingle right here. Yep. Started now, with two, yeah, started with two operatories. And then a couple of years later, added two more. And then about a couple more years later, added two more. So I had six operatories, which I have now, six. So how much space did you rent to, from the get-go? 2,000 square feet. I rented more than enough space. Absolutely. Smart. 2,000 square feet. You decided one. How, what was your lease like? How long? I, I had a really good advisor that got me a lease that was five years plus five years plus five years at my option. Sure. So it was 15 years. And then during that time, I got another five year plus five year plus five year. After I saw things were going well, they gave me Mm -hmm. Another extension to the lease, so it was a total of 30 years, which we've been there 30 years, and then we got another 20 years now ahead of us at five-year options. Well, let me ask you this. What did you do about leasehold improvements? Did they help you with that? What was, the, what was your negotiations for that? No, that was all on me. 100%? 100%. So no, no free month's rent, nothing? No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so be it, right? All right. So you get you get the you get the lease, you get the uh the years on the lease. Mm -hmm. And now you have talk about what it's like now to then hire all those people who who'd you do the design with? Talk about the steps that you did to start your own practice. Yeah, I went to Patterson before I opened. Patterson I went to big, Patterson yep. and they they came in, they looked at the office space and they did the design work for the first okay. for the first two operatories and but did you uh, did you design it with the thought this yeah is what it was we're designed doing for six it was designed for six it's a little foresight okay right so we we knew we could expand to six plus we had the advantage that we have a it's two thousand feet on the on the ground floor but there's a full basement now we're not We've never seen patients in the basement, but we ha we use that for storage, pile cabinets, old charts. Yeah, it's supplies, great to run your plumbing too. It's great yeah, to run yeah, your plumbing. Yeah, because so we, we're right underneath all the rooms 
to, to run the plumbing and electric right up into the into the operatories. Now, have you find you've run out of space? Like, are you looking to get more space, or is you staying right in this two thousand square foot place? I'm staying in this first flagship uh, office practice, but my goal is to open additional practices in uh, the four other counties in the Philadelphia area because I'm in Philadelphia County. And then there's four other counties right around it in Pennsylvania. So that's that's the goal is to open a second, third, fourth, and fifth practice. All right. Well. And then retire. <laughs> just well, well, let's talk about that. Well, before we get to the other part, let's talk about that for a second with this plant. Where are you at with this plant? Well, we have two, myself and a, another dentist, uh, sharing the load and the other dentist has about two years experience and he's getting a lot faster and a lot lot more experience with my mentoring and i'm learning a lot how to mentor uh because he's been with me two years uh so he's he's had a lot of the responsibility for the for the growth of the practice and uh so the, the current practice between the hours and the facility having six, the, the practice being open seven days a week and the facility having six operatories, and we don't use a hygienist, so there's six operatories for the dentist to share between two dentists if they're there at the same time. Uh, we, could, we could have three or four dentists easily in, in our location. Uh, and Just then split the shifts. Yeah, go yeah, seven to one shifts. and one to seven. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you got to hire a big staff because you got to have you can't have them working all those hours. Right? No, no. They they split. They work thirty five hours a week. The staff. But you have to have two sets six of hour shifts. Yeah, two two shifts, and right. they're all all cross trained between front desk and assisting, so they can they can plug into either position uh, okay you know, so not, have not you, at the same uh, time but whichever whoever's needed where have, 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 position. have you always had this model for, for your entire duration on your own no hygienist no i had hygienist the first uh few years but then we moved more to having the, the couple dentists covering it we were using okay. hygienist with hygiene assistance okay so you have, it's a fee. For, it's a was a fee for service practice from day one, correct? Yes. Yes. Now, how did you establish that mindset coming from the PPO practice? What did you have to do personally in order to 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 lead that ship? Yeah, I had to take a leap of faith because, especially, this is some years ago now. Um, I had to take a leap of faith that that I could advertise myself much cheaper than giving a 50% or 60% discount off the fees, and I wouldn't need to see as many patients. Um, but I didn't have a, a role model at that time to look at to see that that was going to work. So it was a leap of faith, but I saw that, that as soon as we started doing that, that it was working. Who, who, are some, who are some of your mentors? Who are some of your guides along the way? Yeah, I, I uh, followed um, uh, Pete Dawson mm -hmm. and, of course, Gordon Christensen. 
mm-hmm. and Frank Spear and um, uh, a, a couple local guys. I don't know if you know Steve Rasner, but I sure he, do. Yeah, Steve Rasner is a big influence on me. Uh, dentist from New Jersey. Uh, yeah, he's right over by uh, like Cherry Hill down by down there, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's fantastic dentist and fantastic mentor. Yeah, he's helped me change my treatment plans. I, I listened to him on a podcast, and I I pulled over. I gave my wife a notebook. I said, "Start writing this down." Like, and 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 we <laughs> and I follow it a lot to this day, almost to the letter. Um, mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Now, being close proximity, did you go like visit his office? How how much did you? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I would. I would. I actually visited his office. I had gone to a, a seminar, a local seminar. And he was the speaker for the day. And I just said, you know, I got to hook myself in with this guy. Yeah. This, this is the guy to, to locally to follow. You know, I, I followed Carl Misch and, you know, but these, these guys were all great role models and coaches, but not locally where I could call them up on the phone and say, can I come by your office and talk to you type of thing? Yeah, that's a true mentor. You know, the other ones I think are teachers. That's a, that's yeah. a real mentor when you have that right. back and forth. And you probably gave him some help on things too. So so what does the practice look like um, at that time? What kind of money, what kind of revenue are you generating? What, what's it look like? Now, you're by yourself when you start. When I start, I was by myself, yes. I had several associates uh, during that period of time. Uh, but nobody that stayed very long. Uh, Did you have so the, the same hours, the same concept? Yeah, yeah. Most, it, it was difficult to find, it was much easier to find assistants and front desk people, <coughs> excuse me, than to, to find dentists, even then. And now it's, I think, getting even harder to find dentists that want to work those, those hours. I'm, I'm not talking about working, uh, 80 hours a week. I'm talking about working every other weekend, mm-hmm. working, you know, six hour shifts, four or five days a week. Now, did, were you open Saturday and Sunday, seven to seven as well, or were the Saturday, Sunday hours shortened? Saturday and Sunday hours actually are seven to two, two, seven to seven two. Seven to two. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so it's, still, it's still a one shift. Yeah. Saturday, yeah. Sundays, and Holidays, we work all the holidays. We work seven to two. You work all the holidays. Well, not my, not me by myself, but you know, split with another dentist. So we you're open turns. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Christmas. You're open all those times. Yeah, the only game in town. You betcha. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. So those are usually pretty big days. Barcelona. So if you're working, you're working. You have this practice, two operatory practice. What do your numbers look like when you're when you're by yourself in the two operatory practice? Now we're going all the way back into the to the early nineties. Yeah. So it was like per month about fifty thousand, forty, fifty thousand. Six hundred grand. Yeah. That's big money. That's big dollars in those days. So you're at six hundred now. Are you personally you don't have an associate? Are you personally working seven days a week? On well, yes, on and off because I would bring different associates in. They last six months, last a year. They go on to something else. 
Um, but yeah, I was available. To, I was available to work seven days a week. Didn't always okay. work seven days a week. All right. So so let's kick it up now. How did you get to the nine hundred thousand dollar number? What was your uh, what was your your recipes? You're at the point now where you're all six operatories. Because now we fast forward to 2019. So now we're fast forwarding 17 years. Right, right. Right? That's and right. You're, and you're working at that time to do the 900 grand. Because you were doing six 600 grand back in 92 by yourself. Right. So you're, you're, you're a 50% growth from 600 to 900. And it's 17 years in the making. How were you practicing at that point? Was you, how many docs were with you? What was your team? What did it look like? Give me, give me a, give us all yeah, a feel. At, at that time, for a few years, I was working, for a few years before that, I was working seven days a week without an associate. So just and one doctor. I'm going to find the right associate. So how many assistants were in your practice? Four. Four. Two for each shift, right? Right. Plus, okay. plus, my son is a manager. My son has an MBA uh, and went to Penn State, and he's the he's the the business brains. Okay. The now, who's your reception area? Who's your who's working your front desk area? Who's your who's your business admin? How many people there? We we have cross trained everybody that they they can plug in. But my son does most of the you know administrative. And mm-hmm. bookkeeping and the we file insurance for the patients. Sure. So all that stuff my son was doing. But uh, that's one of the things we changed is that he started he started delegating that because that was taking so much of his time. Back in 2019, he started delegating that to the four five assistants. Now we have five assistants. We added one in 2019. So so you're working a solo doc. For for dental auxiliary, we'll call them clinical staff. Do you have any business staff, or does it? That's it. You and no. four or five girls. No, the the my son Daniel, the office manager, the business manager, took care of most of the front desk administrative part, and uh, we don't do any billing because we collect the fee hundred percent prior to treatment. So there's no billing and there's no accounts receivable. And so who's collecting that? Then your 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 dental assistant is right. So they're presenting a treatment plan. They're collecting. It's like a front deskless office almost, right? Exactly, exactly. There's a physical front desk, but you may walk into the office and nobody's there at the front desk, and somebody comes up to greet you and then brings you back to the room. Right. So it's womb to tomb. Whoever's with you takes you from beginning, start to middle to end. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. We did that during COVID. That was that was how we that's how we returned. That was our plan. Hygiene assistance, it didn't matter. So and we separated our, our business area and our clinical area significantly. So so now what causes the accelerated growth? What what happens next that causes you to rip open your shirt and there's a big red S on your chest? What causes <laughs> Super Lee to take over. What happens? Okay. Well, I finally convinced my convinced myself that the CEO does not stand for chief everything officer, and I couldn't 
just in, in just in the dentistry part, providing the dentistry, there's no way I could expand anymore. There's no way I could expand by myself anymore. I had to bite the bullet. I had to take another dive into having a an associate, and I started interviewing people uh, in 2019. And we had a couple people come in for a short period of time that just didn't seem to fit fit right. Um, and then and then we had this dentist that works with me that uh, we hired. And uh, he did fit into into the into the mix, and so you, I, so I was you, amazed. So you bring in this doctor. Does that allow you to increase your hours, or were you covering seven to seven? Seven. I was days covering it. It allowed me to what it, what it did. Besides what he produced, which was good, it allowed me to become what I was very good at, but I was being pulled apart was uh, Rainmaker for, you know, presenting, diagnosing and treatment and planning the patients, either doing it with him, you know, mentoring him, or doing it and then referring the patients to him after I got things under control. And if it was a, a big patient that needed my expertise, then, you know, it would stay with me. If it was a patient that was getting single, a root canal and a single crown, he would take over. And he, he liked that as the associate because I was giving him high ticket items. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't participate with ins- We're fee for service. So we can set our fee where we need to set our fee to, to provide what we provide. So you, do you attribute your, your phenomenal, you know, doubling your gross in three years to the fact that now you have another set of hands that's doing dentistry? Absolutely. Another set of hands doing dentistry, freeing up my time for more uh, business planning and, and free time and, and, you know, not coming to work. Oh, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. So, so talk a little bit about your recipe. How, how, how did it talk? Let's get some secret sauce. How did you do it? Okay. Well, for one thing, I, I, <coughs> excuse me. I, at the same time, back in 2017, we decided to start coaching other dentists. Um, so that's that, that business opened in 2017. That was the unicorn dentist uh, that we mentioned the, the coaching and public speaking business. Uh, until I brought the associate in, I didn't have a lot of time to do that business. Because <laughs> obviously, him coming in freed up my time to do that. Also, we organized our systems so that we pre-qualify. We, we have great marketing using local search, Google, mm-hmm. Google Ads. And we get great results, but we really had to work on training our staff not to have the attitude that we want to get every patient into the office because we designed it starting in 2019. We, we, we designed it before that way, but we started once we had a good associate of doing full treatment plans on every new patient 
and starting treatment the same day. Mm-hmm. And, and collecting the fee in full the same day, presenting presenting a total fee rather than itemized fee. Okay. So you uh, <laughs> let's 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 summarize it a little bit. So yeah. you started a consulting business in 2017. But in 2019, you're at $900,000. Your consulting business is a separate business, right? We're not even including that in these numbers, correct? Oh, that's absolutely correct, yes. Okay. So I would got to believe that initially that took some time away from your practice. And if you're a solo practitioner, it's a little hard to wear both hats, especially a a seven-day-a-week practice. Yeah, and we weren't doing a lot of consulting just for that reason. You know, I'm, I'm 66, and I was thinking, you know, this is this is my disability insurance. Besides my disability insurance, <laughs> well, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and, and, and as a dentist, you're also the driver of the bus. You got to drive the right. bus. That's right. You know. Okay, so 2019, you're you're a solo doc. You have an associate in with you at the time, or you yes. hired somebody. I hired somebody, but I had looked for a couple people, and sometime in 2019, early in 2019, we hired this, excuse me, this dentist. Okay. So you hire the dentist in 2019. Right. And what what do your numbers look like in 2020? We get hit with COVID. We get shut down for two months. What's your your numbers look like with a second provider? Well, interesting about COVID – how they shut us down. They said, shut down, except for emergencies. I'm 95% emergencies. So, basically, the other dentists were, all the other dentists were shut down. I wasn't doing veneers or full mouth restorations or anything. I was just doing emergencies, and everybody else was Closed. Not everybody else, but a lot of the other dentists were shut down. And and your team stuck with you the whole time. Yeah. Then there were we we were shut down for we we had to buy some equipment, some air filters, uh, yada yada yada, all the, PP, the personal protective equipment uh, enhanced. So we were shut down for approximately a week, basically right. to to re, to restart and provide the emergency treatment. And we would have emergency rooms calling us and everything. So we went from 900000 to, in the following year, in 2020, about $1.2 million. Yeah. Yeah, we increased. We yeah. increased. So you, you increased by damn near 50%, 45 45%. Yeah. Okay. The 400 on top of 900, 45 is half, so... Pretty darn close. And that's from just being available, and that's predominantly emergency treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you, do you have a preventive hygiene per component? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But it's not, it's not, we see a lot of patients that have neglected their mouth, obviously, mm-hmm. and they're coming in because they don't have a choice anymore. They're going to lose all their teeth and have to have them replaced, or they're going to save what's left and have have them restored. And the whole idea 
was we're presenting full treatment and we're hopefully going to get them to become regular patients and come back. And a lot of them do. But we're not a hygiene-based practice, which is why we don't have to have a hygienist there. Gotcha. We have a hygiene program. The dentists do the hygiene. In the recalls, we look for, obviously, whatever new is going on or whatever we were talking about before maybe hasn't been followed through on. And then we uh, very often would start the new treatment at the hygiene visit. We complete the hygiene visit, say, let's get that root canal started for you. Let's take some study casts for that crown we're going to do for you that we talked about before. We did a root canal. You didn't have the money for the crown. Let's get that crown done, the tooth start and the chip. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of uh, upselling in the hygiene appointment. And we had the, the rooms available so we could get uh, people started. That's one of the things with the mentoring of the new dentist that I had. Uh, he, he went through a two-year general practice residency. So he, he uh, had a lot of experience doing, doing, you know, the technical part of the dentistry, but not the patient management part as much and the sales part. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I mentored him on that. And he started, right from the beginning, he started learning, learning that pretty well. But, you know, he grew. As he got more confidence, he got better at presenting treatment because he wasn't apologizing for, oh, well, you need all this treatment. He wasn't apologizing for it. He was just letting the patients, he was informing the patients instead of. Now, how are you mentoring him? Because in your, in your hours and that amount of work, because that's how I started when I started working. I started working a one to seven shift and the other decks. It was a, didn't have a lot of room for me, enough room for me when I started. So that's how I got around it. How did you mentor him? Did Were you in the office a lot of the same time and then you helped him out? Did you schedule? A lot of the same, yeah, a lot of the same time, but really um, not totally overlapping. So I was always just a, a text message away where he'd take a panoramic x-ray and he obviously knew that I'd take out impacted third molars and he's not as confident he's getting confident at it but he's not as confident so he would send me an x-ray to look at on my cell phone (laughs) on my cell phone or my laptop and say would you do these third molars or or, you know should i refer him out because i'm not comfortable he's not comfortable doing them so that that type of mentoring also but very often we would meet during the day we would overlap for a half hour, an hour in the middle of the day, so he could check if he's coming in and I'm going. We could spend some time together and going over what what he's about to do or what he just did. Well, you had to think it was a godsend because if you're working, you know, just take the numbers seven to seven, five days a week. That's sixty hours, and then add you know another fourteen on the weekends. That's that's seventy four hours of clinic time. Mm-hmm. that you were covering at one point in time all 74 hours right yeah my and my hobby was <laughs> you have no hobby no nah, no you, you won't believe my hobby my hobby was running marathons training and running for marathons oh yeah that's plenty of time my for that. work <laughs> and your and your wife stayed with you the whole time 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did she see you? Were you guys like passing in the night? She would see me, or we would talk during the day. Yeah. But you know, I think you, you think so. When you bring somebody in, it's almost like, oh, I can get some of this burden off of me, mm-hmm. and they can take it. But yet, they need you an awful lot when they first start. Yes. Because you alluded to that. You said in some of your comments earlier was about the docs that are in there and not, you know, not, not being there for the long haul. And, and, and you had to recognize the fact that you probably didn't have that great a mentorship in your other associateship. So how, how did you go about solving that dilemma? How did you solve the mentorship component of an associate? From my end? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just finding the time, booking the time into the schedule. As I said, if he's working in the morning, it was a discipline, yes. Coming up with a system where either I'm on my way in for the afternoon, he's on his way out for the morning, he stays for a half hour, I come a half hour early, and we go over, you know, what questions he has. Or the next day, then we'll will address that issue, you know, or if it's something to do with managing the staff. Right. Because he had no, this, this associate had no really any business experience whatsoever in the past. So is he on track? Is he, is he going to have a possibility to buy in or are you going to be looking yes. at the numbers each time? No, <laughs> I'm not going to be looking at the numbers each time. No, <laughs> no he said it's, it's, it's hopeful that we're going to come up with something, you know, that, okay. that we're both interested in it. So, so his, 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 so we're talking about a male. So his track is to become a partner. Is that going to facilitate you opening up these other facilities that you're talking yes, about? Yes. The, the idea is, I don't know if you know Rick Kushner. I do. Okay. Now, I know the not, name. Yeah. Not the, not his exact model of uh, comfort dental care because his is take every single insurance and yeah. at least when i knew, knew knew him i haven't talked to him in years but um he uh he had a model now i think it's a franchise i guess but he had a model where he just kept on bringing in partners and opening up more offices right um so i'm th- thinking of something along those lines to bring in people as associates to become partners to have a, a dental a dentist director in each of the offices and i and and my son daniel the business manager and myself will be the coo and ceo kind of over overlooking all the all the other offices so you're going to need a doctor to replace your production in your office yeah maybe two because mm-hmm. the training that you've got, and then you're going to need, if you're going to staff these, you're going to need two per, per office. It's another six docs. So you're going to need at least eight docs. Yeah. It's going to have to be one office at a time, but we're going to, the, the need is there. Nobody else in the area is doing it. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's a very, no, it's a unique it's, preposition. There's no right. question. The need is and, there. Uh, uh, and I've been told by business experts that know they're not about to hand me money, but the business experts that know say the funds are available to do it. 
when when you're ready to take the leap, the funds are available. Mm -hmm. You can get the funds to do something like that because it's a unique project, and you you have people in business, venture capitalists and such that will look at this as, oh wow, this is a good idea. So uh, you do this, and you're going to set this up, and you're going to bring docs in, like you said, you're going to make them partners at some point. What if your partner wants to be in on the whole scheme, whole thing? Well, that's part of the the Rick Kushner plan is it's it's a it's almost like a pyramid you know multi-level marketing type of thing that the, the first partner makes out the best because the first partner gets a piece of the pie that the third partner brings in and then the th third partner gets a smaller piece of the pie <laughs> of the fourth partner well, well, my question is though, if you but if you set it up like a franchise model, right, then it's right. not really a multi-level. It's right, yes, like I understand. So you right. set it up and you go, okay, this is going to be yours. You're going to buy this, and then it's you and right. the, yeah, then it's, that's with yes. you. That's yeah. not your plan. Not, not necessarily. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to wind up doing it. We, mm -hmm. I, I think we're probably about a year away from being fully staffed with dentists where we are now with the right. growth that we're having uh and then you know then we're going to have to partnerize the the associate and open the second and one of us is going to be the prime the dental director of the other office mm -hmm. and then you know the the first the first uh the, the opening of the second office will be the model of how we're going to do all the other offices. The, the yeah, it's a franchise. It's a franchise model, in the way, at yeah. least the way I understand it. So, okay. um, and however you structure the business, that's up to you. But it's almost like because you're gonna you're gonna learn, so you're gonna set up the next one. You're like, okay, so we bring the next person. These are the things. This is the training. This is what we have to put together for our operations manual, and you know right down the list, you know, jobs, right. job descriptions, job responsibilities, roles, everything. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. It's a fascinating thing. So the last, last um, tidbit, let me ask you this. So growing your practice from nine to 1.8, what were three essential keys to doing that? Okay. Could be more, but just give me your okay. time. I'll give you, I'll give you three. Uh, first of all, discovering my niche. You know, you have to know what your uniqueness is or you have to discover it. And usually you want to do it something that you really love. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you're, if you're really, really into TMJ treatment, mm -hmm. or you're really into sleep dentistry mm -hmm. or implants or, you know, whatever it is. And in, in our case, it's convenience most of all. And, um, uh, you know, the being open seven days a week and actually doing same day treatment, most, and most of, keeping most especially treatment in the office. So that's discovering and monetizing your niche. Uh, the second thing would be uh, systems, work, work in the systems of, um, we, we screen out, as I was mentioning, we screen out what I call non-qualified leads. Uh, not, not by saying, uh, we don't want you coming here, but basically let the patient screen themselves out. You know, we go over what they're going to have to pay the first visit. 
we give them estimate, estimated fees. And if you need a crown, it's this much. If you need a root canal, it's this much. If the, the, the fee is due in full, but we do have a, a couple companies that do payment plans. So there's the systems of the financial part and the systems of the scheduling. Um, and then they, I guess the third, and, and maybe even the most important, is the inspirational part, leading the leading the team, you know, getting everybody empowered so that they feel that they're owners of the, the business. And we're very fortunate that the, everybody that works for us has stayed a long a long time, because we usually right. get rid of them. we get rid of them quickly if they're not working out. Yeah, well, not a lot of room for it. So we'll, we'll we'll kind of wrap on that. So my my next question is a simple question. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to go back in time to any place to talk to any person or spend time with any one or two or multiple people. Mm-hmm. Where would you go? When and why? That's a good one. <laughs> Think a moment. Um, well, coming from Philadelphia, I I would have to say there's a lot of people in history and that I've admired, but I would say I would like to go back in time and visit Benjamin Franklin. I think the guy was a real Renaissance man, a genius, and had a terrific sense of humor, and just an inventor, you know, just a complete Renaissance man. Um, and that would be, you know, and it would be interesting to go back in time and see where, what Philadelphia looked like, really looked like back in the day. So sit outside of Freedom Hall on a bench and just talk to Ben. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a great answer. Well, Lee, I appreciate it very much. Uh, I'm going to put uh, your contact information from what you sent me into the show notes. If there's anything you want to include, like how to get in touch with you or anything like Mm -hmm. that, just send that my way and Mm -hmm. I'll put it down. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sonny. Have a good evening. You too. Thanks for listening to the fee for service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, Be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.